Hello and welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 34. Say, is this something I really want? Is it this desire that you've always wanted to be a nurse or you've always wanted to be a school teacher or you've always wanted to be an artist? Whatever it is, you can make that happen if you believe in yourself. And if you believe in yourself and you believe you can do it, you can do anything. Hmm. And you have a right to these accommodations. And the best thing to do is to try. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD, or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk, where we talk about all things ADHD. Today, I have my guest, Dina. I'm very, very excited to have her. We are actually going to talk about her journey, and then we are going to dig into her college journey. And the reason why I think that is so important is because there are a lot of students those who've been undiagnosed, and then those who also have been diagnosed who are still struggling getting through college. So you're going to definitely want to hear this story. So Dina, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Yakini. I really appreciate this. This is wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming, man. I'm just excited to have you. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself and then just tell why you know so much about ADHD. Ah. Hi, I'm Dina. <laughs> I am a now almost 51-year-old ADHDer. You look beautiful. Wearing it well. Do the best we can, right? With what we have. <laughs> 2008. 2008. So I'm 38 years old. I am a mother, a wife a daughter, a crazy person, a trainer, whatever you want me to be. I am. I love everything. I love doing everything. But the 2008 diagnosed, finished college later in life, then went to law school, and here I am. Very cool. So tell us, we want to really want to dig into your ADHD journey. So you said you were diagnosed in 2008. When you first had the diagnosis, how did you take that? And, and why did you even go to get diagnosed? So as a seasoned person, ADHD wasn't something that was known, especially growing up in the 70s. It was behavior issues. Everything was behavior issues. Oh, she's got behavior issues. She's got behavior issues. So I always knew I was different put it that way. But I thought it was because I came from such a lovely line of, you know, dysfunctional people and uh, said, okay, I'm going to do the best I can with what I have. Then I went to my GP who happened to specialize in ADHD. And uh, he said, let me me answer this questionnaire. Answer the questionnaire. And, you know, I don't know about you, but you look at it and you're like, you want to make sure you answer it right and you right. overthink. And I'm like, okay, which answer would be the right one? And 
I got I got through that real quick. Thank God after ten years. So he's he said, yeah, you you have ADHD, uh, mm-hmm. um, both inattentive and hyperactive. I said, really? I didn't know I was hyperactive. <laughs> um, so from there, you know, started treating, and I had gone to. I'm a later in life education everything. So went to school. Didn't finish. I finished with a two year. I got scholarship to a school. Didn't finish because I got married. And then had the opportunity to go back in 2008. Ironically, the same year that I was diagnosed. So I went, finished my undergrad, and then decided to go to law school because it's something I've wanted to do since I'm a little child, since I'm six. And then, you know, studied for the LSAT for a long time because for People like me takes a long time to study and learn things. Finally got through that. And then am I staying on track? Cause I feel like yeah. I'm all over. No, the no, you're good. You're good. Well, let me ask you this. You got the diagnosis at 38. Have you been to school at this point? You said that you got your two year degree. So did you do that before you got your diagnosis? Yes. Okay. It was before. Okay. So how did you manage your day-to-day schooling? I mean, because people who have been undiagnosed really talk about their struggles as they are going to school, just from the simple things of having to read the same page over and over again to just absorb it. How did you handle that? So pre-diagnosis, mm-hmm. I got my associates when I was in my 20s. Okay. So again, later in life. So because when I was 18 or 19, rather, I had the opportunity to open a business and I opened a business, did it for a couple of years, never go into business with families, just a little (laughs) tidbit, and then decided to go back full. So I went to a community college, busted my butt. And the reason I was able to get through it was because I had the time mm. to take, okay? I so I wasn't married, I didn't have kids. So if it took me four hours to read a chapter, mm-hmm. whereas it would take someone else 10 minutes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to commit to that. And I was so focused on doing it, I was able to hyper-focus, hence got through it and was able to do really well, right? So got through that, great success, got a scholarship to, you know, one of the universities, went, then met my husband. And I said, okay, I can't, I can't really do both. I can't, I can't focus on both and start this part of my life. So I'm going to put that on hold. Got married, went into business. I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I'm one of those people that I always did had my own businesses because I was able to run and do it myself and I didn't have to meet deadlines, et cetera. And if I needed to work, you know, 12, 14 hours a day, I was good with that. But I did it in my, in my own okay. time and my own way. Life happened, got married. Five years later, boom, twins. Okay, again, another pause of right. the businesses. So I said, okay, let me be a mom. I'm going to do this. I'll dedicate, right? Year and a half later, I'm like, 
I got to get out. I got to, I got to have a business. I can't, I can't just do this. I love my kids, but I can't, mm -hmm. I need more. And opened another business. The economy tanked because what I, I went into was a hobby kind of business. I had a scrapbook manufacturing company and it was great because creative, right? Creativeness, creating right, all these right. things. Wonderful. Economy crashes. Nobody's doing hobbies that want food on the table. Right. So I said, oh, this must be my little avenue to go back, finish school. So now it's 2008. My babies are three and a half. No, four. They're born in 2003. So four. Okay. I go back to school to finish my four year. Okay. Again, I have the time because I'm not working full time. So right. I'm doing my part time gig and I'm able to dedicate that time. Plus it's not, you know, it wasn't really a lot of work because it's because I compare everything to law school, which is very different. Yes. But I was able to take that time, not the normal time that, you know, non ADHD years can do. Right. So if I had a class, yes, I took four, five, six, seven, eight hours because I was I I had that okay. ability to do so. In today's life, not happening. So let me ask you, were there other things that you put in place and didn't realize it. So you say time was a big factor, but was there, you know, like some people needed to have other people there to make sure they stayed focused or like a body doubling or, you know, some people had to have music playing in the background. I mean, did you do some other things during that time that you look back now and say, oh yeah, I use that because it really helped me focus on my work. I had a lockdown system, I called it. Okay. So I would go into my office, my home office, and I would tell my husband, whomever, I said, okay, I'm locking down. That was like the, the, the keyword, I'm locking down, meaning I'm going into the office and I'm doing nothing but focusing on the work. Now, this was pre all of these Facebook and all of these distractions. There was none of that was there. Right. There were no cell phone. I mean, yeah, there was cell phone, but not the way it is today. Right. So thank goodness I didn't have that distraction. So I was able to sit and focus on it. Now, of course, back then I had a lot more stamina because the stress level was much less. My kids were little, little. Thankfully, I had a husband who was very hands on and helped. So I was able to do it, but I also didn't do it full time either. You know, like part time, three quarter time, maybe. Okay. And I would go throughout the year, meaning okay. I would go summer and I would go winter one class to, to get it done. So it, w it was good in that sense. In class, though, of course, like, you know, uh, you look at the, the profession, you're like, what do you say? You know, you, I had to teach myself. Yeah. So basically sitting in a class was me just trying to be there. But I, I didn't really hear, I didn't really hear much because I can't learn that way. I can't learn yeah. by you saying, okay. Da, 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 and I'm like, okay. And of course you're thinking, oh my God, I am so, why am I here? I'm so not in, as intelligent as I think I am. I'm so like, why am I here? And then later in life, when you realize you just tick differently, you just, you function differently mm -hmm. and it's okay. 
hard to, you know, you got to unlearn that way of thinking that you're, you know, not good enough or you should there. But the go-getter in me, no matter what, would just just push through. So that's how I was able to get through and graduate with the four year with honors and everything and all that, you know, because mm-hmm. I was listening to Patricia and your talk and he was like, oh, the eight, you know, the four point note person. That's me. I want a thousand percent because I know I'm giving it. I went to a teacher once and said, you gave me an A, but I, I have a plus. And he's like, it doesn't make a difference. I said, I don't care what, what's on the G, on the paper. I know to me, I busted my butt. Right. That's for me. It's not for anybody else. For me. Right. Yeah. So I love every, that. I going love to that. law school is a completely different, but yeah. And that makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's really funny to, you know, to listen to you um, talk about your journey because it took me forever just to get through a topic. It just took me forever. And I was going to school to be an engineer. And so, you know, not only was I challenging myself, I was challenging myself not knowing I had ADHD. And now I understand why I struggled and had to reread and had to, you know, go into the professor's office to break it down. And, and you know, it was funny. You, you, you said how when you go into class, you can't connect. It's like, I have no clue what you're saying. So I actually had to read the material before going to class, hope I catch a couple of tidbits and then read it after <laughs> again, after I left. Class. It's yourself, you're, you're self-teaching. Yes. It's like right now, the way things are working with school and remote, it would be perfect for us because we yes. self-teach ourselves. Taught. I can't look at a professor or anyone for that matter and, and grasp what they're saying because of that, says skip in my head and I'm like just looking at them and then law school was the worst because it was the Socratic method so they'd be like mm, and I'm like uh and I look like I'm unprepared and I'm like I'm so not unprepared but I'm like right right that's where the accommodations came in to help but we'll we'll talk right. about that when you ask yeah actually no that's perfect that's a perfect segue so now you know you have ADHD went to school, graduated, and now you decided, hey, you know what? I want to go to law school. You sit in the dean's office who talks to you about accommodations. What did that look like? What did accommodations look like? What did the process to get those accommodations look like? What were the struggles and what tips do you have? Just the whole picture. I just got the chills that went all the way up to my (laughs) pituitary gland. We'll skip right over the LSAT because that was another two and a half year old ordeal. So I get to law school, I get accepted, and I go. And gung-ho, right? Got everything ready. Sit, this. I go in there 16 hours a day. And out of those 16 hours, I grasped two topics, maybe. So I go into the dean, wonderful. And uh, I had went in to speak to her about something completely different. Actually, I was talking to her about my daughter's IEP at the time and et cetera. And she said, somehow it came up that I had ADHD. Now, mind you, from that diagnosis in 2008, I never spoke about it. I never, you know, I said, okay, I just have it. That's just the way it is. I got, I have focus issues. I have hyper issues. That's it. Boom. I take meds. Beautiful. So this wonderful Dean said, I know we're talking about IEP and accommodations for your daughter. And but what about you? 
I said, what do you mean? And again, how she, she knew I had ADHD. I don't remember exactly because that was like 2012 or 13. So she said, you know, you could get accommodations. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what kind of, what is that? What are our accommodations, right? Growing up in the seventies, there was no accommodations. What do you mean? Like a crutch? You know, and I was like, you know, here comes the ego going out. I need any help. I got this. I am built this way. I have to suffer and be tortured. Don't you understand? So she said, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Why don't you, you know, go get a full evaluation done and take it from there. But we'll give it to you by just that, that first diagnosis. But if you get evaluated and it comes back a certain way, there's a, a lot of accommodations. I said, why? What do you mean accommodations? She said, well, in the 300 person class you're in, we'll instruct the teachers not to call on you. Mm. I was like, mm. what? I said, you know, I'm doing my work, right? So the defensiveness goes right in. I have right. to make right. sure. I said, you know, she goes, I know what you're doing. She goes, but I also understand the added pressure of being called on and you can't answer it because you can't get it out because you can't, you're still processing the question. Mm. So how are you going to, I was like, she, how does she know? <laughs> so that was one big thing. She said that I could get you more time on your tests. Because the stress, you know how it is. The stress of alone blocks anything that you've studied for. It goes out the window. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you're reading a foreign language and you're like, I don't know what that does. Mm. So that was another thing. So I was like, she's like, put your ego aside. She's like, I'm serious. I was like, all right, I'll think about it. So I said, you know what? Let me do this. So I, I, I called a local you know, like in these monster conglomerate hospitals that we have. And of course they had a neuroscience wing and I went in for a neuropsychological evaluation, right? That okay. tested for ADHD and everything else. Of course, the 20 page report comes back and, you know, pretty couldn't be a better fit of understanding so many things, even beyond it went into the emotional um, aspect, which to me is huge because being in school or anywhere for that matter, that stress kicks in and you are just deer in the headlights. You're like, and then overwhelm kicks in. And then me, I'm the hyper. I, I freak out. I yell, whereas the other people don't have the hyper or they hold it in. Anyway, a whole nother I get it. episode. So we got the accommodation. So it started with the the teacher not calling on you. If you wanted note takers, you could okay. have a note taker, but that didn't help because I need my own. So if right. I'm looking at something else, I got to decode that. It was more work. Right. And more time on the exams. So mm -hmm. law school is very different. It's not like, okay, you have this assignment that's due next week because that's how I work really well. Okay, give me the assignment. This is Here's all the information. We'll see you at the end of the year. And there's your final exam with everything you learned. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, as an ADHD, when you have too much time on your hands, yes. you get nothing done. So structure, you get things done. Anyway, 
So that's how it started. So I would have, and my own room, and my own room. Nice. Which means I wasn't in a room with 300 of this. Right? People click in and, and tapping their pants. And I was like, I, I, can't, I can't take tests like this. And again, thinking, oh, I'm the one that's, you know, I have this issue. It was very helpful. It was very, very helpful. Then I went for an additional evaluation called a psychoeducational eval, which was great because I went to Hofstra Law School and they had this campus, like this was a clinic that the students would work with the doctors to do these evals. And it was great. It was just another avenue of under, trying to understand how I function. Mm. And again, very, very, very helpful. So I was able to get time and a half for the test. So if you were allowed, say, three hours for the test, I would get four and a half hours undisturbed in my own room. And it really helped. It really, really helped, especially with the load of work that is in law school. Oh, wow. That is amazing. So for those who, I have two questions. One, if they're struggling, like you, for example, were struggling, do I take these accommodations or not? What would you say to them? And then also, what is even the steps to even ask for these accommodations? So I say back in the day, you know, it was 2012 and things have gotten so much better now. And I know this because I have 18 year old twins and they're both applied to college mm -hmm. and colleges now have like departments, mm. especially made for physical, mental, every kind of accommodation you can imagine. So it's almost like a buffet of, what do you wow. need? We're here for you instead of, yeah, we don't believe in this. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You have to deal with it. You know, you have to just take a test like everybody else. I'm sorry. And I'm like, wow, this is great. So for me, I'm grateful to my dean who said, this is what you need to do. She, she helped. And you had to fill out forms and get approved. So it would be, you know, the class and the, the name of the, the, the professor and when the test was and what, the, what was re requested. So the paperwork, of course, was already on file because I submitted the, the evaluations. And then they would send you the, the paper back. But the, it's still a stress factor because you're like, oh, my God, are they going to approve it? Like, it's not like you had carte blanche. Right. So now there's another thing you have to worry about. You're sitting there nervous going, what if I don't get it? Oh, my God, how am I going to take this? It's very hard mm -hmm. to, like, just say chill. You know, when people say calm down, that's the worst thing you can ever tell somebody yeah. is to calm down, you know, or don't worry, you'll be fine. It's not like that. It's like you have to deal with it yourself. It's a personal thing. It's, it's right. not, we don't, we're not just, we don't just fall under one blanket category. Um, I'm going off on a tangent. So no, you're fine. Me. You're fine. Are we so, good? <laughs> yeah. So today you're saying that there are departments that actually have these services so do they just ask for it and or fill it out when they um go to the administration and fill out the paperwork how did it work well see that's important too and so say a child in this day and age like within the last say 10 years mm -hmm. or so 15 years maybe if you had an iep or anything like that 
those th that's your proof okay. of you know that you've had this accommodation right mm -hmm. whereas me what am i getting from the 70s i have no i have nothing to show you i have nothing you know but what i convey what my maybe my mother conveys i can't find any teachers to validate you know it's it's not like today where you have evaluations and you have people keeping records of you know the iep etc so it's really keeping that straight mm -hmm. so that if in the future you do need it you've got your proof i see it's sad to say that way because yes you know just going in and saying okay well here i just got a diagnosis for my kid what can we do to help and they're like well you know they survived through school you know so they i think it's better that it was where it was they would do everything they can not it's like an insurance company how can i not pay it you know what reason can i find not to pay your bill Right. You know, it, it's the same thing, but I think today it's much better. Okay. Because when my daughter was, had the IEP and when I would go to the meetings, they said, oh, here she comes because I wasn't having, I wasn't hearing no from anybody. I said, my daughter needs this, this, and this. Find a way to do it. Gotcha. And they'd be like, give her whatever she wants. Give her whatever she wants. You know, because I'm sorry, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be meek and say, no, I'm, because you have, you know, you, you go and, no, nah, I don't think this person really needs it. My kid needs it. Right. Give it to her. Right. And so they gave whatever they want from her. But anyway, that's, again, another whole. <laughs> I'm all over the place. You have to understand. Love this is it. why I'm so apprehensive to, like, do interviews because. Oh, no, you're all good. I, I try to convey I and I just. <laughs> I, I and I and it's so nice because it's when you're with your own people, like your own tribe, they understand. Like exactly, God, you know. <laughs> I got you. I got Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate. Oh, it. No, no, no. Of course. So, if a person is struggling, it sounds like because there are schools that have these accommodation. If a person is struggling on whether they should go ahead and apply for this or not. It almost sounds like go ahead. You just never know what type right. of accommodations you can get. Don't even be apprehensive about it. Let's just just do it. Just do it. And if you're older like me, it, of course, it'll be difficult to request it because they want evidence. They want proof. And that was one of the hardest things because it's like, where am I pulling this proof out from 1975? Yeah that uh, do i get the person that was assigned to me in first grade as my own personal monitor because i needed that direction will that help from yeah. 1973 or 75 i can't find any teachers mm. i had my mother write a letter you know like but i thought i thought i thought i said but th that this was more for the bar exam not law school law school was was much much more accommodating okay so my point is go for it if you don't want to deal with the stress and you'll you already have the the the, the audacity to go back good for you keep doing it do it in your own time you know don't go full-time go part-time try a little at a time but don't give up don't give up because it, it, there's 
you know, there's obstacles, climb over those obstacles, try. But if you're, if you, if you're not feeling it, don't force yourself online. There's online things now today, you know, but the bar exam, that was the, the, I think that was the hardest fight that I have ever ever had a fight in my whole life, Mm. ever. Yeah. And just, I mean, just even if it's just the tip of the iceberg, just share in terms of, because I, I think people, if they don't know, sometimes you're right, there is a fight to get the accommodations, whether it's for yourself or for your children. And just share a little bit about that because you didn't give up. And that's what I want people to know is that they have to push through and just don't give up ever. Right. (laughs) So just share a little bit about that. I took the bar exam four times. Mm. Passed on the fourth time. Why? The fourth time was when they gave me everything I needed. So you had to make me go through this, right? So it happens with requesting accommodations again, not now this was 2015, right? Was the first time I took it and I've got everything I need. I've got my law school showing that they've given me accommodations and I've got my reports. I do not have high school or grammar school, anything before that, because there is none, there is Mm -hmm. nothing. So I also have a heart condition. Okay. Not going to go into it, but I have, I have heart failure. So stress is not good for heart failure. I apply and they say, okay, we'll give you double time in the room with 50 people. (laughs) If you, if you're going to put me in a room with 50, you might as well put me with 500 because it's the same thing. Right. So now I said, okay, let me, let me be grateful for what I have and let me try. Okay. So I'm in the room and what what do you hear? Tapping this, right? I can't focus. And to boot, they misprinted because I asked for large print. They gave me small print. So I had to wait for them to reprint it, which they didn't give me my time. They took that time. I was like, I was like, just go with it. Just go with it. Okay, boom. I take it. I fail by three points. Now, what I was requesting was double time because I know what I need. Double time, my own room, the large print. Now I get a, n- a note from my heart doctor because now my heart, my heart doctor said, what's going on with you? I'm like, I'm applying for the bar and then I can be accommodations. They're like, well, it's reflecting in your heart issue. Uh, I said, okay, want to write me a letter? You know, maybe that'll help. So they write a letter, same thing, time and a half, but we'll give you your own room in a hotel. I said, okay, we're getting there. Baby steps, right? But I am going through this stress of applying and waiting to get the answer back and waiting for laymen to give me the answer and not a panel of doctors who understand, right? I think it's different today, I hope. Again, same thing. Double time, uh, time and a half, own room, no to the other stuff. Okay, that's number three. After the third, I end up having, I had to get a heart procedure, right? So it wasn't surgery, but it was a catheter ablation because my heartbeats went to 78,000, these premature ventricular contractions went to 79,000 beats per minute. They're like, what's going on? I'm like, the bar exam. 
So finally, they write this clinical letter for me, right? All of the whole team, all three of my doctors write this clinical letter, you know, whatever it said, all of a sudden I get the, the letter back, you know, like out of the, and, and the letter, I almost fell on the floor when I read it. It was something like to pick the better out of the evils. We're going to give you the double time and your own room because of the health issue. And in my head, I'm, you know, the, the, the New York hood comes out in me and I'm like, you took three times to figure out that I've got an issue. Seriously. What is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> get my double time, get my own room. That stress is gone. I passed by 50 points. You couldn't wait. You couldn't do this from the beginning. You had to torture me. Right. So I'm Cousin Vinny, but in my girl. You know, Cousin Vinny took six times to pass the bar in the movie My Cousin Vinny. Yes. Okay. I'm grateful. I guess the universe puts tests there for you. Whatever those tests were, I hope passed because I got through it. And... I now look at it that I'm grateful for the experience, but if I can help anyone avoid that, I, 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 I want to. I want to help them because there's no need to go through that. There's really no need, especially when your hands are tied and, and you're like, but you don't understand. Like, you're a layman. You're not a doctor. Right. And that's, I think, when they started getting a little worried. They're like, I'm like, is this a panel of doctors that are, reviewing the documents and they're like, uh, uh, what do you mean? Then all of a sudden I get that a week later, you can have whatever you want. Mm. I'm like, come on people, mm. why do you do this to me? But definitely please take advantage of, go to the departments. I believe that all schools, even high schools offer accommodations for whatever you need. Like I said, both of my kids applied to public colleges mm -hmm. and they were sure to say we have this department that the well, one was called like sassy or something it was really a cute name mm -hmm. and it stood for like all the different you know accommodations that right. you would need for your different ability it's a different ability that's it man you, you process differently and at suzanne if you've ever if you haven't interviewed uh, a teaching with a difference grab her because she's one of those people that wants to have everyone learn at their own pace, kind of mm. like the Montessori method, right? Montessori was you learn the way you learn. You learn at your pace. It would be a beautiful world, wouldn't it? That's my wish and, and, and intention for the world. I love it. I love it, Dina. So just closing up, is there any last minute advice that you have for parents, for students, anybody that's going to college late, any, just any last minute advice as they're going through, again, whether they should or should not get the accommodations, whether they, just anything. Just chill about it. I know all the, you have all these different things going through your mind, the negative thoughts, the feelings of inadequacy, the let me just not bother. Try to put those on the back burner and say, is this something I really want? Is it this desire that you've always wanted to be a nurse or you've always wanted to be a school teacher or you've always wanted to be an artist, whatever it is, 
you can make that happen if you believe in yourself. And if you believe in yourself and you believe you can do it, you can do anything. Mm. And you have a right to these accommodations. And the best thing to do is to try. But before jumping in, try to educate yourself a little before. So if you're ready to go back to school, say, do I qualify for these accommodations? How can I qualify for these accommodations? I don't think they make it as difficult today as they did back then. But looking at it from their perspective, you also don't want everybody to jump on and say, yeah, I want accommodations because everybody else is getting it. You know, I mean, there are categories, but don't give up. If you want to try it, you try it. And even as a mom, I was a mother of twins. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have done it without my husband. Mm -hmm. He stepped in, you know, in the role and I locked down. I literally would lock down for 14 hours a day because that's the only way that I could have gotten things done. And I didn't get that much done Mm. because of all the distractions in my brain. But I just did the best I could and gay, I graduated. You know what I'm saying? So if I could do it, anybody could do it. I wish I had more words of wisdom and more words eloquent, but I don't convey as well as I want, especially during, you know, a new moon phase. You know what? I mean, your story says it all. It's just, it says it all. And I'm so glad that you're willing to share it. And so the other question I had, which I forgot to ask you in the beginning. So those who are even struggling on, you know, whether they even should get an ADHD diagnosis. We've been, you know, like me, I just got my diagnosis last year, but I really only got my diagnosis last year because of my children, you know, my child having ADHD and then my other child about to be diagnosed. So I didn't really know about ADHD growing up. And if I had known about it, things may have been different. So I was very willing to go ahead and get tested. But there are so many people, whether it's shame or the label or whatever it may be, they're just not sure if they should get it. What would your advice be? And you hit the nail on the head. It's not a label. It's an explanation. It's an explanation into your DNA, you individually. If you allow yourself to think about it as, you know, being labeled with a group and that you're different and you're outcast, first of all, you should be proud if you're an outcast. If you're an oddball, be proud, right? Because you're not running with the masses because if you take off the M, you know what that stands for. So it's an epiphany. It's an enlightenment if you use it to that advantage, you know, if you use the diagnosis to your advantage, if you use it to understand why, and it's not as easy. It's easier said than done because it's like emotions, right? Some people have an understanding to like the first layer of your skin, right? Others are really deep and they go all the way down, man. All of those layers of the, of the dermis, epidermis, etc. It's the same thing. Yeah. You take that and just little by little learn about it. You know, I'm not saying some people, see, you know, hear chemistry and brain things. They're like, what? You know, break it down. That's why, you know, like, and I really should do this. And you are one of the greatest people to bring on board. And so is Patricia. I have this podcast idea or whatever called My ADHD Blueprint. And it's just helping people figure out 
their blueprint and you you know drop and drag and put into places like okay this is why i'm this and this is why i'm that and then you're figuring it out and if you're willing to understand that then you understand why you tick i understand why i'm the way i am i understand that i blow up before i go oh yeah that's right because i i have that piece missing so I flip and then I come back and I go, oh, I see what happened. All right, let me help you with that, right? But the average person is like, oh, this is crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, uh-huh. just go for it. Do it at your comfort level. You've got this ADHD community, you know, everybody has a, a, opinions are like noses. Everyone has one, but we all are here for the right reasons. We're all here to advocate, you know, you're a wealth of information. Patricia's a wealth of information. Or everyone, and I'm not not naming it's because I can't think of it right now, so I'm not leaving anyone out. It's everyone in our community get, brings something to the table for all of us, and I'm so grateful for that. And I am so grateful to have met you, and for you to have me on here. And it was a pleasure. Thank you Seriously. so much, Dina. I do I do appreciate it. Are there any like books or YouTube channels or podcasts that are your favorites that you listen to or read? Okay. Old school. So no, no YouTube back then. There are a lot of great ADHD books. I, uh, Dr. Hallowell, actually I wrote one down that was really good and it was called learning outside the lines Two Ivy league students with learning disabilities and ADHD give you the tools for academic success and educational revolution. So it was Ed Hallowell and Jonathan Mooney and David Cole. Okay. Another thing is this mindfulness prescription, right? It's a mindfulness prescription for adults with ADHD. It's an eight step program and it's got a CD with it. And like anything else, of course, taking charge of your ADHD, the, you know, driven to distraction, all of these books will help you understand how to do things. And then if you're lucky enough to get a dean like mine who was, you know, like, hey, you know, check this out. Yeah. There are so many resources out there to help you get there. And it's, you know, Ed Hallowell is one of my favorites. He's actually I went to see him about a year ago. Yeah. And that was amazing to actually go to a doctor who has ADHD and dyslexia and all of this. And it was like, wow. You know, like, I love him, but I can't afford, I can't afford him because he doesn't take insurance. But, uh, you know, if I could, it would be great to to deal. But there's there are so many resources out there, and you have to find what hits home with you. Okay. Which is definitely geared towards ADHD and back to school and, and things like that. I'm a big Audible person. This slew of Audible books that, that can help books later in life, lawyers, or later in life, anything. But for, 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 of course, for students, there are plenty of resources there for parents to uh, help their children. And the parents are the ones that the advocates, like you, like Boston Danielle is another person, deals. her son has ADHD, and she does everything to try to help. And we do the best we can with, with the tools that we have. We all work in flawed equipment, right? It's right. how we use it that matters. So... We do the best we can, Miss Yakidi. Yes, we do, Dina. And if any, if anybody has any more questions for you, how can they get a hold of you? Send me a DM at the ADHD lawyer. 
My email is theadhdlawyer at gmail.com. I have a website that I upload every six months. And yeah, that's it. The ADHD Lawyer. Yay. Thank you. Yay. This is great. Thank awesome. you. I hope I hope it was helpful and you know, yes, it was, it was good. all over the place, but that's the way it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it keeps it exciting too, right? So exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's all good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye, Dina. Bye, sweetie. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.